Hi, Calvary family. Welcome to this Sunday's service. I'm looking forward so much to be able to worship together with you, even though we're not in the same quote-unquote room together. We are in the same fellowship hall virtually together, so I'm imagining you in my mind's eye. I'm seeing all of you beautiful faces, and I'm giving you a virtual hug this Sunday morning as we gather together to worship the Lord. Just want to remind you, since I can't see you physically, I would ask you to do me a huge favor. Go right now to the chat room and just say, we are here, the so-and-so family, like Nazario family, and I'm here with my uh, three uh, sons and my four daughters, you know, and my uncles and my aunts. Let us know. You have four or five or six people with you. We want to know. We want to see that our family is worshiping together, okay? So go to the chat room right now and say good morning to us. And at the same time, if you have any prayer requests, leave them there, and we will definitely pray throughout the week for these specific prayer requests. And if it's an emergency, let us know. This is an emergency. I need prayer sometime today. We'll get a group to pray today, 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 okay? So let's get ready to worship. I hope you had a great week. I know it's been so unusual. I say, and as a joke, man, I'm in the twilight zone. I can't get used to this thing. My, my, the most fun I have all week long is when I go to the supermarket. I get to see people. I say, golly, really live people. <laughs> so it's amazing, you know, but I have to stay away from it. I've got to stay at least six foot away. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm, we're starting to hear talk from our local government, and they're saying, you know, they, are want, they want to start to work us back into our normal lives, although it's going to be a new normal. We have to admit that. But, you know, we're at least working through that. And we've been praying all week long for our friends and family members. Some of you have had family members that have been affected, and so we've been praying for them. So we've been very engaged. It's been really cool to see everybody uh, through Zoom, and we've been praying together all week long. We've been gathering together. So proud of all of you for continuing your disciplines. So do me a favor before we start worship, get on that chat room, please, please, please. Let me know you're there. And if you're with more people, say, you know, Joe with five or, or Harry with three or Melissa with two, you know, let us know. I want to I wanna know. I'm, I'm curious, okay? And I'll be chatting with you in the chat room as we worship together, okay? Let's enter into our time of worship and praise now. Amen.
That was awesome. I really enjoyed being able to worship God together with you. Even though we're in a virtual room, we're still together, and we're all a choir worshiping one. We're all uh, lifting up our worship together in different locales to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is absolutely and totally worthy. I wanted to talk to you a couple of minutes on some verses that have real, real relevance, especially today. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verses 1 on, uh, the apostle said this, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. There was a grace upon the churches, and it was a grace of giving. It says, even in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they also first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, though he would complete this grace as well with you. But as you abound in everything, abound in faith, in the grace of faith, in the grace of speech, in the grace of knowledge, in the grace of diligence, because they were a diligent people, and in your love for us, see that you also abound in this grace, in the grace of giving. It's interesting because they were going through difficult times too, but they understood the need that the church in Jerusalem had. So what they did is they came together and they all gave. And the apostle called that a grace. And a, and a grace is a type of favor that's upon you that not only has a natural element to it, but when God's involved, there's a supernatural element. And let me explain that element. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 on, it says this, But this I say, the apostle said this, this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, uh, who, th those that are generous will also reap generous. So, generously. So, in other words, my ability to reap has to do with my sowing. So, if I'm in a season of need right now, I need to find other people that are also in need and help them. Because my ability to have a harvest is based on my ability to sow in the lives of others. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows abundantly or bountifully will also reap bountifully. So, then it says, so let each one of us gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God's looking for cheerful givers. God's looking for people to have the revelation of what it is to give, like the people in Macedonia. Even though they had their own needs, they met the needs of their brethren. They went ahead and they gave in the name of the Lord Jesus, and the Bible says, and God, verse 8, and God is able, say that with me, God is able. Say it again, God is able. Notice it didn't say we're able. It said God is able to make all grace, there it goes again, grace, all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Interestingly, God deals with the generous ones with a special grace. It says there, always having all sufficiency in all things. Somewhere along the line, God provides for all our need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It might, you know, we can't limit it to our job because today we might have a job, tomorrow we might not have a job. You know, this season has taught us that. Everything in this earth realm is temporal. 
It could be here today and gone tomorrow. But when we put our lives in God's hands, when we trust God, when we work His Word, this is what happened. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. It's just a specific promise to us. It's a specific promise to the givers, to those who are generous. And He even gave us something that's very powerful. It's a powerful revelation. Those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. But those who sow bountifully will also reap bountifully. So the level of my reaping is based on the level of my sowing when it comes to things in this earth realm. So this is a season not to hold back in fear, but to be generous in faith. When you see a need, meet it. Keep your disciplines going. Don't allow the enemy to take you away from a word-centric lifestyle, especially in our giving our giving of prayer, our giving of uh, meeting each other's needs, calling each other, you know, sowing. Remember what the Lord told us about a month, uh, maybe, maybe about two months ago now. He told us that we were not to stop to give the tenth. We were not to stop to give the tenth of, of our time, our treasure, our talent. You know, sp spend some quality time, cheerful time, focused time, priority time, not your leftovers, in sowing. You know, sow kindness, sow words of, of faith to others, sow in the kingdom of God, you know, sow the tithe, sow the offering, because God is able to make all grace abound. The word abound is, you know, not dribs and drabs. Abound means more than enough. Abound toward you. God has the grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. He didn't say it'll make you a multimillionaire. He said you'll have all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, that's God, God's the one that supplies the seed, even the seed we have, God gave it to us, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Notice what it said. God will multiply the seed that he gave you, that you sowed. See, so if you have your seed and you eat it, you take it all, you don't give it out, you have to sow some seed into the ground to get the harvest. And it says he'll multiply the seed that you sow. If he gives you seed in your hand and you eat it all, you have nothing left. You have nothing to sow. You have to take some seeds, okay, okay, this I can eat with, but this seed, I have to sow it. You have to take it purposefully. He said purpose, you purpose that in your heart and you sow it. That's the seed that he will sow and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So let's get ready right now and let's set aside in our hearts something that we're going to give today uh, to the kingdom of God. We're going to sow the tithe. We're going to sow the offering. I know we can't do it physically at this moment, but some of you might want to take a break this moment. I'm asking Julio to give us a little break. It could be maybe three minutes to go right now to our church website. Uh, go to calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org. And right there on the top header uh, to the right, you'll see giving or donation. You click into there. You could give uh, either through PayPal or through your credit card. Personally, that's what Gwen and I do. We always check credit card and we give there. You could give through Venmo. There's a cash app. Uh, you know, there's so many ways to give. But the key is always sow something. Don't eat it all. Sow. So this is a time. Let's take a break um, uh, to give. Now, if you can't do that now because you're on a phone, um, at the end of the service, propose in your heart to go to the website and to give. Okay? This is very important because this has to do with various things. Number one, meeting the needs 
of ministry through ministry, also making sure that God is first, making sure that we are honoring His Word, making sure that we are the givers who are sowing generously, uh, making sure that we're sowing a seed so that God can multiply it, and, and the love, because ultimately that's what it was. They gave generously from their hearts because they loved the brethren, because they loved the region where God had sent them, all right? So let me pray for you, and then we'll get ready to give, and we'll take that break and give, and then we'll get back to another song of worship and praise. Father, thank you because you have given us your heart, and we have your DNA in the Holy Ghost. And thank you, Father, for making us givers, for making us people that are not just blessed, but we become the blessing for others, Lord God. And I thank you that you're the one who meets all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you, Father, that even though we're going through a crisis, Lord, you can bring us into and keep us in that cycle of blessing, that cycle of divine provision, because ultimately you're the one who meets all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord, because things in this earth realm fail. Jobs might be here today and gone tomorrow, but your presence, your word, your promises, your faithfulness never fails. So, Father, we sow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We sow in love, we sow in faith, we sow in expectancy. Thank you, Father. We pray it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Okay, let's get ready to give.
So we're spending all our time here at home since uh, we have a lot of time for family. And right now I'm recording the little man who's trying to walk. That's um, the little grandson, Noah. Go ahead. These are the first, these are the first steps that he has taken. Oh, he's taking steps. Hello. Well, knock him down now. Pick him up, pick him up. These are like the first steps. Well, okay, so go, go for it. They're literally like the first steps he's taking. Stop stealing the show. Oh, okay. Still needs a little help. But very soon, uh, the little grandson is going to be walking on his own. He's, he's at least standing. He's standing. So these are the moments you enjoy during these times. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficulty, you stop a moment and live. You stop a moment and, you know, spend time with your family. You stop a moment and smell the roses. You stop a moment and thank God for the gift of life. Each and every day is a gift. Look at those steps. He's actually taking steps. Go ahead. Go, 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 go. Y'all don't look at me. Look at daddy. Go ahead. You took some steps. These are the steps that, or rather, these are the things that people remember um, in their lives. So, um, congregation, remember the little things, because they're the ones that we remember. Okay, that was it. <laughs> so, God bless. So, Allison, what are some of the things that you're doing to keep yourself in peace and enjoy during this crisis? God bless you. Thank you for asking. Um, so, it's a time of deep reflection um, more than any other time. I find that although there's plenty to do, work from, I'm working from home, I'm trying to teach Ethan um, homeschooling and um, of course taking care of this little one. Um, it's, you know, I, I try to still find time to um, reflect, to be still, to, um, to pursue his presence and know that that's the only thing that will keep me at peace. I pray to be at peace so that um, I can maintain a peaceful home environment and atmosphere for my children. Um, more than that, do I just try to take it day by day, moment by moment. Um, I, I Every day should be a day of um, praying and interceding, but there's something about this time and, and the horrible things that are going on that really, um, it's a compelling evidence of the fragility of our lives. And so, um, as my husband goes to work as a doorman in the city, um, and he's, he's at risk for um, lots of things um, that, that could be devastating. I just pray for him more than ever. I, um, I do um, pray to be at peace. I pray for his physical protection. I pray for his spiritual um, protection and, and for him to grow. And it's a blessing to, to be in that place. So day by day, moment by moment, I thank God for his presence. I thank him for the opportunity um, to come to him and intercede for my for my boys um and you know practically that just looks like um when we you know bedtime prayers as we always do but um more than that just um letting them or letting ethan um verbalize his gratitude and and the prayers of his heart um it's, it's asking god to help me just to be still and enjoy the simple moments with the family um, and just be so thankful for every waking breath because um we know now that we cannot take it for granted 
Um, and it's one more thing that it is, is um, just that urgency to pray, knowing that others are um, experiencing heartache and pain and grief, um, to allow myself to, to grieve with them, as the Bible does say that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and grieve with those who grieve. So it's um, while we may be having a comfortable, cozy day, we um, I, I believe that we should also be um, moved to compassion and, and grieving with those who grieve, um, if God puts it on our heart. And to not ignore that heaviness, but to pray and, and lift it up and lift them up as we're constantly on our knees. Um, so I'm thankful for those lessons, and God has been showing showing me those lessons. So it's, it's, it's all because of Him, and I'm so thankful. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Allison. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Thank you, thank you, appreciate that. And what about you, Noah? You're gonna say something? Well, he's, he's showing you happiness, that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's showing you joy. <laughs> thank you, thank you both. Awesome. All right. Let's get into the Word now. Today I wanted to talk to you a couple of minutes on a very important and relevant theme. And the theme is waiting confidently in the Lord. Waiting confidently in the Lord. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word wait is a powerful word. It comes from uh, the Hebrew word kava, which means to expect. When you're waiting, you're expecting. Also, it's to bind together by twisting. The word itself stresses the straining of the mind toward a certain direction, a total focus with an expectant attitude. See, it's a forward look with total assurance. You're waiting for, you're expecting, with a complete understanding that you know that it's going to take place. Waiting upon the Lord, waiting upon His faithfulness. David knew how to wait upon the Lord. 
He had absolute, complete, total assurance on God's faithfulness. He knew that God was with him. He just knew it. Remember when he went up against the giant? There was no fear at all whatsoever. He said, let me at this guy. He doesn't know my God. You see, it wasn't that he was trusting in his own abilities. He was trusting in his partnership with God. Because he himself, he was a warrior. But he knew that God was the one that was going to give him the ultimate victory. He waited upon the Lord. He expected the Lord. Let me read three versions of Psalms 2714. It's going to blow you away. Psalms 2714 in the New King James says this, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. That word, be of good courage. In other words, be. Be that. Make it yours. Have courage. Accept it. Receive it. Be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. Wait upon him. Expect him. Expect him to give you strength, and he'll give it to you. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, Psalms 27, 14, the very same verse in the Passion Translation says it this way. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. Wow. But the key word is keep waiting. Don't give up. Be entwined with one with the Lord. David was entwined. His faith was entwined with God. Everything he did, he did together with the Lord. And the Amplified Version, the same verse, Psalms 27, 14, says this, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. See, it's not just, okay, I'm waiting for something to happen. No, you're confidently expecting that something's going to take place. And in this case, it's God's Word. When we declare God's Word, when we read and study God's Word, we see His promises to us. So we confidently, expectantly wait upon the Lord, trust in Him. And it says, be strong, be strong. Not try to become strong, be. See, there's an anointing within you that has strength already. So you need to tap into it and be strong. So let your heart take courage. Notice, let your heart take courage. Have you ever taken anything? You don't ask for permission, you just take it. See, for us, we can take courage, it's ours. All we need to do is just take it upon us. Remember God told Joshua, do not fear. Do not fear. Be courageous, he said. Then he said, be very courageous. Take courage. Yeah, but I feel the fear. Take courage anyway. You know, uh, courage is not the absence of fear and concern and worry. It's just doing it anyway, getting in there. Wait for it, confidently expect the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for and confidently expect the Lord. That's 2714, Book of Psalms. When we wait on the Lord, we're confidently expecting Him to deliver us. We're confidently expecting Him to help us, to honor His Word and His promises to us. We're choosing to focus on Him and His ability and power to do what He said He would do. Except with the added characteristic of not giving up, nor giving in. And that's, that's a powerful thing, because in this life, we're going to have a lot of issues, we're going to have a lot of frustrations, as long as we're alive. But, you know, once we go with Jesus, then, you know, we're there with Him eternally. He gives us our new body, and we're with Him eternally. So even there we win, we never really lose, because He already gave us the victory, both here and in eternal life. We've lost some brethren, but they went on to be with the Lord. See, we're, we're eternal beings with a temporary existence in this specific body. But when we die, we go with Him, and He gives us our eternal body. But our spirit man still goes. We're still alive. We're with Him. 
See, so even in death, when it's, it's our time to go. I was just talking to my 90 plus, I think like 95 year old aunt, and, and she's uh, basically on the bed, uh, just waiting, waiting to go. And you know, she's at peace, her daughters pray for her. And um, you know, the body after a while gives up. Even if you live to be 120, the body still gives up here in this earth realm. But your spirit man within you is still alive. It goes with the Lord. So no matter what, we have the victory. Jesus already overcame death, hell, and the grave. He rose again the third day, proving that. See, so when we trust Him, we're trusting all of Him. We're trusting Him for our now, we're trusting Him for our tomorrow, and we're trusting Him for our eternity. And we never give up nor give in. It's a total dedication to the point that we become entwined or one with full, complete assurance what, that it would be like exactly like He said it would be. That it would be exactly like He said it would be. Waiting on the Lord renews your strength, the Bible says. There are times when, we, uh, when our physical and emotional strength are depleted because of stress, anxiety, worries, fears, challenges, persecution, hard times. So as we wait on the Lord, He renews us physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. We need to wait on Him every day, to be renewed every day. When we wait on the Lord, He gives us the capacity, spiritual, emotional capacity, to take flight over our problems. See, He says that we would mount wings like eagles. Wings take you higher. See, you fly above your problems, above your issues, just like an eagle. And it gives us the ability to see our challenges from a high place. You know, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. So we get greater insight, greater revelation. He shows us how small our challenges are in comparison to His awesome power, which is operating powerfully, mightily in our lives, in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost lives within us. So His power resides in us. Waiting on the Lord allows us the capacity to run our race without weariness or it overwhelming us. See, we need His grace. We need His strength. That's why it's important to wait expectantly upon the Lord and to daily rehearse His Word to ourselves, to speak it to ourselves. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So we have to speak the Word of God to ourselves. I speak the Word of God to my mind. I speak the Word of God to my body. I speak the Word of God over my family each and every day. That's my responsibility. So I could be encouraged in the Lord. So I could uh, be, um, once again, strengthened in the Lord. Very important. And we have to do this every day. Remember, Jesus said, when you pray, uh, give us this day our daily bread. So every day we're supposed to pray for daily bread, daily wisdom, daily, daily understanding, daily grace, daily strength, daily, daily uh, power, uh, daily washing of our faith. Hallelujah. Waiting on the Lord allows us to walk this life, purpose and destiny, without fainting and without giving up. See, when we wait on the Lord. And that's important because God has no pleasure on those who give up and draw back. In Hebrews 10, 35 through 39, it says this, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. Notice the scripture saying it. We need it. So we have need of endurance so that after we have done the will of God, we may receive the promise. Yet for a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. But now the just shall live by faith. But if anybody draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, 
but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, For which cause we faint not, we don't give up, but though our out man, outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. You see, our outward man gets older, it perishes little by little, but our inward man is renewed day by day by God's word, by his promises, by his spirit. Hallelujah. And Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not be weary in well-doing. Don't get weary. Keep on refreshing yourself in the Lord, because in due season you shall reap if you faint not. If you don't give up. Jesus himself was the one that showed us the perfect example of trusting in his Father and never giving up. Even in the midst of Gethsemane, when he sweated drops of blood, even in the midst of the cross, even in the midst of unimaginable persecution and in trouble. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 13, For consider him, Jesus, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied, we read and faint in your minds. Let me say that again. Consider Jesus. Look at him. Look at his example. That he endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. See, because if you don't look at him and see that, you'll be wearied and you'll faint in your minds. But if you focus on him and you see that he did it, he overcame. We then can also um, walk this life and not be wearied and not faint in our minds and in our hearts. So in conclusion, look unto Jesus so you won't be wearied and faint in this season. We're going to get out of it. We're coming through. We're almost there. Don't give up. Trust in the Lord. He will restore your strength. He will restore your hope. He will restore your confidence. He will restore your joy. He will restore your focus. Because remember that word, waiting upon the Lord, requires focus. He will record, uh, or rather, He will restore your higher vision. He will restore your lift. See, we need to be lifted in this day. Like the birds, they lift into the air. We can be lifted up as the eagle. Hallelujah. He will restore our capacity to bounce back. And some of us just simply have to bounce back. And don't worry, there's wind in your back. The Holy Spirit is there to give you the bounce back anointing. Hallelujah. I speak that over somebody today. There's a bounce back anointing for you today. Receive it. Mommy says, take it. Take it, it's yours. He's given it to you. He's giving you your bounce back. Hallelujah. He's giving you your confident assurance back. Glory to God. If you haven't had an opportunity to connect with God yet, you have to do it. See, Jesus said, if anybody comes to the Father, I will not reject him. God will never reject anyone that comes to him. The Bible makes it very clear that it's our responsibility to ask him to come into our lives. He's waiting. But we have to ask him see he will not give automatically his pearls to anybody we have to ask him that's when he'll give us his treasures his eternal treasures think about it this way when was the last time you saw a lawyer come to your house and say oh by the way you have that problem i'm going to take your case they don't do that they don't work that way they wait for you to go to their office and sit down with them and then we have to authorize him okay mr lawyer i authorize you are you sure Here's the contract. And we sign the contract and we invite him into our lives. We invite the lawyer into our lives, then he represents us. It's the same thing in the heavenly court. The enemy of our souls, Satan, goes to heaven before God and he accuses us. That's one of his names, the accuser of the brethren. And he goes before God, the Father, he says, 
that man or that woman sinned. He did this, 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 and that. He knows everything we've done in life. And so the father says, that's true. He did all of that. Then he looks to us. He says, what do you have to say? And if you don't have any heavenly advocate, any heavenly lawyer, that's it. You're done for. You have to pay for your sins. But that's where Jesus comes in because he died on the cross. And because he died on the cross, he is now authorized to be our advocate. He is our heavenly lawyer, our heavenly advocate. So he shows up in court with us. So when the enemy accuses us of all the things we did in our life, the litany of things that we've uh, done in our lives, that we feel terrible about, that we've made mistakes, we sinned before God. And it's clear, the enemy cannot go to heaven's court with lies. He'll come with truth. Yes, you did that. Yes, you're guilty of that. Yes, you did that. When the, when the Father looks to you and says, what do you have to say? You look to Jesus and says, you're my lawyer. You present. So Jesus says, your honor, yes, he did all that, but... He received me. I've forgiven him. He asked for forgiveness of his sins. And I washed him in my blood on the cross of Calvary. And I've empowered it because he invited me into his life. So therefore, I go before the court of heaven with my blood. And when the Father, who is the judge, the righteous judge, the holy judge, sees that, he sees you and the blood of Jesus covering you, he no longer sees any sin. He no longer sees you as a sinner. He sees you, guess what? As his own son. Because anybody that comes to Jesus, God the Father adopts him into his family. We become children of the Most High God. So the Father goes, you, I declare you innocent. Satan, go your way. You have no business with that person anymore because the blood covers that person. And now I have adopted him into my family. Wow. So if you hadn't had an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the perfect time. The Bible says, if you hear God's voice, do not reject Him. So I'm talking to you this moment. Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Allow Him to take your case into the courtroom of heaven. Allow Him to cleanse any and all sin of the past. Because what happens is when He cleanses your sin, it never comes back. It's gone. It's expunged. He throws it to the sea of forgetfulness. And when the Father sees you, He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus in you. He sees the blood. And you know in the Old Testament, when the death angel saw the blood, he passed over. He wasn't able to affect anybody in the homes that were covered by the blood. So allow Jesus to forgive you this moment. So if you want to receive Jesus right where you're at, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, this moment I come to you and I ask your forgiveness. I pray that you forgive all of my sin. This moment, I take your son Jesus and I invite him into my life. And I say, I declare that he is my Lord. Forgive my sin. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. And Father, thank you that your word says that if we come to you through Jesus, that you will forgive us, that you will cleanse all of our sin, and that you will receive us into your family. So Father, according to your word, I have asked your forgiveness. I have received the Lord Jesus into my heart. So I thank you this moment that you have forgiven me. I thank you that you cleanse me of any and all sin by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and you adopt me into your family. So according to your word, I am your son, I am your daughter. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, God has received you. You are now born again into his kingdom. So on the chat, I would love for you to please let me know that you made this prayer. If you made this prayer, say, I made the prayer of salvation. I received the Lord Jesus. Please send me some material and then give me your, e your email and I'll send you some material, okay? 
And thank you for that. I appreciate it. We would love to continue dialoguing with you and getting material into your hands so you could uh, walk this new walk of faith because you don't have to do it alone. You now belong to the body of Christ. You're part of a big, huge family, millions of Christians all around the world that love God, that have been born again. Hallelujah. And for all of you in the chat room that are now uh, chatting, I am so grateful that you've been there. You've been ministering to each other. That is absolutely awesome. Before we close, I wanted to remind you, some of you were able to release your tithe and offering during that short break time. But now I'm asking you, if you did not, please, as soon as you finish uh, and get off uh, this service, this, fellow, this day of fellowship, get on to our website, www.calvaryny.org. www.calvaryny.org. And on the top header to the right, you'll see Donate or Give. Click that, and it'll take you to the place where you could donate. You could either donate uh, through PayPal or uh, through a credit card. That's how my wife and I do it every week. Uh, there's also other options like Venmo, uh, there's a cash app, and some other things that uh, Julio will uh, share with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your continued disciplines and your worship, continuing to gather together during the week. Thank you so much for joining, joining the prayers uh, with uh, Minister Cynthia. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Mondays. Thank you for joining us Tuesdays. Um, thank you for uh, joining us on Thursdays with Pastor Gwen. Thank you uh, uh, for, for the children uh, joining uh, your service uh, with Johanna and the team. That is so awesome. We're so glad that we're doing that. Thank you Saturday for the guys. We get together at 3 o'clock on Saturdays, uh, also through Zoom, and we have a, a fellowship there. I know Nate and Brenda also have a fellowship, and on Fridays we have our service also with Minister Tonian and Minister Belinda. So there's a lot of things that are happening throughout the week. If you want to reach us throughout the week for a prayer or anything specific, uh, you could either email me at pastorvictor at calvaryny.org. pastorvictor at calvaryny.org, or you could call the office 718-829-5306. We're there for you, and we love you, and we look forward to continue to fellowship with you. And until we get back to the physical building, let's continue fellowshipping. There are no excuses. We're there together. We're a family. We're getting through together. All right. God bless you. Remember, you are blessed and you are highly favored. So be that blessing that God has called you to be. Let me pray with you. Father, I release your people from this service, but I thank you that your presence is there with them. Thank you, Father, that your grace, your favor, your love, your tender mercy is there with them. Thank you, Father, that you strengthen us, Lord God. We trust in you. So you're restoring our faith. You're restoring our strength. You're restoring our hope, our joy, our focus, our, our bounce back, Lord God, our higher vision, our lift, our faith. Father, thank you for it. Bless your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Glory to God. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and we'll be talking. So get on Zoom one of these days uh, with us, and let's continue fellowshipping. You're blessed, and you're highly favored.